Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cats Academy podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about quality over quantity. Um, and in this episode, we're, we're basically looking at uh, 2020 digital marketing information. Uh, we're going to be discussing a social media marketing podcast um, with Michael Stelzner on Spotify that I had listened to. Uh, we're going to be talking about YouTube trends and uh, referencing some information from Sean Cannell. Um, we're going to be using words and acronyms like TOP, which is uh, time on platform, uh, sometimes time on page. We're going to be discussing YouTube and Google search primarily and uh, why the case for quantity, uh, sorry, quality over quantity. Um, we're also going to be talking a little bit about blogging in here because there's uh, some very relative information. And then we're actually going to make a case for quantity over quality when it comes to Instagram stories. Um, so I'm going to try to defeat my own purpose in here. I do give a little bit of information on uh, how to create quality content. I've got uh, three pieces and a small change to the strategy uh, because of the brand engine at CADS Academy. Um, so stay tuned for that coming up right now. All right. So for today, we're going to be talking about quality over quantity uh, for 2020 digital marketing. Now, the whole thing really starts back, uh, you know, a couple hours ago when I was listening to the social media marketing podcast with Michael Stelzner on Spotify. And uh, in episode 388, it was called YouTube Trends and something. I forget the the full uh, title, but YouTube Trends. And uh, it was posted on January 10th, but I was listening to it, you know, yesterday. And he was interviewing Sean Cannell. Um, now, the, the whole thing here is that they were discussing quality over quantity and uh, discussing a lot about uh, YouTube in particular. And one thing that kept coming up, kept coming, uh, you know, to the, the forefront of a lot of conversations was the word TOP or the acronym TOP. So this stands for time on platform, uh, but I've also heard it as time on page, but it was time on platform. And, uh, you know, Sean Cannell, so Cannell was talking about how top is built into social media algorithms. Um, so it's a little bit of a thing where like YouTube is going to award a channel for getting a user into a session and then keeping them there. So the more time that a user spends on the platform, uh, especially because of a, a creator is a good thing. Um, so YouTube obviously doesn't want like, you know, every video having links and CTAs, um, trying to get users off of their session, off of the website and going somewhere else. Um, so one of the things that you would want to do is reduce the amount of call to actions that you have and reasons for people to be exiting the video, leaving the website, leaving YouTube, leaving your channel, et cetera, et cetera. You want to keep them there. You want to, you want to increase your, your top, you want to put them time on platform. Um, one thing that he focuses on discussing quite a bit is how YouTube is a search engine. Um, the numbers are out and, and it's quite staggering, you know, how many people are on YouTube searching for solutions to problems and watching videos six, 10, 15 minutes long, uh, specifically trying to get information to solve a related issue. And one thing that I noticed uh, was that I was searching for how to build, you know, a quality blog post. And <clears throat> one of the videos that I was watching was 16 minutes long. When I clicked on the video and I started watching it, 
the content was precise and accurate. It was it was for me, et cetera, et cetera. It, you know, as terms of like this gentleman building an audience. And as I was watching it, I was interested and invested in hearing the information. So, you know, I, I played the video. Now the first like five minutes or you know, four or five minutes, I watched the video directly looking at his face, looking at the interactions, looking at, at the production value of the video. And then after I kind of got like a hang of the video and I understood it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I know how to kind of like sift information out of this video. So my brain put all this kind of stuff into action and I switched tabs so that I could go do other things while listening to the video. And I continued listening up to about eight minutes and I ended up hearing some things that I was extremely interested in. So I went back over to video and then I paused it and I kept the tab open. I kept that video there, paused. And then I went back to the blog post that I was creating and uh, you know started writing some additional information and doing some research on some things. So, you know, this, this video was exercising uh, the principle of, of top very well. They, they kept me on the platform. They weren't trying to push me off. It was long form content. I used YouTube as a search engine to find information. I do believe I maybe originally started at Google, saw the video and then clicked on it ending up on YouTube. Um, and so that's the other thing. Google is a search engine and YouTube is a search engine. And, and these are things that you need to be aware of that your content has longevity it has a lifespan that exists more than 24 48 or 72 hours whereas you know like stories last 24 hours they disappear there's no more information there's no way to get back to the stories your audience cannot review that content and the amount of effort and work that you put into a story is pretty much dead at that point there's nothing that you can do to bring that story back and give it a longer lifespan um, other than like screenshotting results and things like this and then resharing those or, you know, putting polls into a story for people to vote on, uh, you know, something. So an example of this that I had been given or that I had uh, listened to on a podcast earlier today was clothing brands, which release clothing, let's say like every uh, three or six months. And so what they do is they'll put, uh, you know, two pieces of clothing that they're you know interested in releasing um on instagram stories they'll have people vote you know okay the the, sh the left shirt or the right shirt or whatever the case blue shirt or gold shirt and people will vote and then when they release the product they go back and they kind of like repurpose the content from that poll in that story and say hey you voted we listened here's the shirt that we released but but ultimately the stories are a quantity over quality type effect whereas because google and youtube are search engines you want to be focusing more over on the uh, on the quality over the quantity because the longevity of it exists you know a, a lot longer um, this would also be the case for like blogs right and, and so that's why i say like google search because if you have a website and you're posting a blog um, and you and you put out these, you know, quick little quips and, and whatever the case. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a, a marketer. Uh, uh, I forget his name now, but anyways, it'll come back to me. Um, but he's got a blog where he writes like, you know, 300 words or less. 
And I think to myself, you know, like, oh, that was such a great idea. Like, you can get so much information out on the Google. You get so many keywords. You get, you know, ranked better and all these kinds of things. And I just don't see that as being true anymore. As far as I'm concerned, uh, when you take a look at any of the marketers, social media marketing, digital trends, digital marketers, uh, this, this whole field of, you know, creating a brand and an audience and so on and so forth, um, Google is not really interested in 300 words 10 times a day that very few people will click on or click on but never return to or click onto but then disappear very quickly and not hold any time on the page or the platform. So an additional thing that I wanted to bring back that people may have forgotten about was that uh, in 2015, possibly, but definitely 100% in 2016, YouTube had made monetization changes for videos uh, on their platform. And they had made it that videos that were 10 minutes or longer received better ranking, more monetization, made more money. And YouTubers started catching on to this. So we ended up with YouTubers that were making six minute videos and trying to hack the system and putting four minutes and one second of just blank bullshit at the end of their videos. And the reason that they would do this is because they realized that a lot of people would search for something, listen to a YouTube video, let it play in a background or on a tab or whatever the case, and just let it kind of like run out and play the recommended videos or, you know, the what's next or whatever the case. Now, you can actually prove this. If you go to Google and you search YouTube 10-minute monetization, you're going to see a bunch of posts on Quora, uh, results of people asking why YouTubers are making videos this length. So in 2016, this was, was a very common thing. So when I'm talking about session length, uh, you know, I'm not saying to just kind of like put a whole bunch of crap into your videos. What I'm saying is that you want to make sure that the content that you're producing when it comes to a search engine for longevity to create quality is really about not trying to divulge and give out as much information as quickly as possible and or then putting call to actions to get people to move to other things. What you want to do is you want to foster the relationship. You want to spend a little bit more time putting information in there, talking to people like they're humans, telling a story, building some context. Um, and, and really just making sure that you have the session time for your audience. So this is a bit of an iteration, but uh, it just needs to be said again. You got to keep in mind that uh, YouTube is a search engine. So people are using it to find information. And, you know, a, a one minute video on a topic is too short for people to learn something. So the psychology behind like going and searching for information is that you want to receive as much information as possible. You want to find what it is that you're looking for, hopefully as quickly as possible, meaning in a single video. And the people that are using YouTube as a search engine, if they see a one minute video on a topic that they believe to be more complex than what one minute can provide, chances are they're not going to, they're not going to click it or they're going to click it and they're going to, get a whole bunch of like random shit or even a call to action in the first 60 seconds and they're going to click out. They're going to go somewhere else. They're not interested. So, you know, I don't know if you're going to get damaged for that as, as far as the algorithms are concerned, but you're certainly not going to be rewarded for it. Um, so YouTube is a search engine and YouTube is also a content library. It's not a feed. So a feed is something where they want to have more, you know, 
constant, consistent, you know, drips of information coming in. So a YouTube feed, like a personal YouTube feed would be like that. Instagram stories or Instagram feeds would be a little bit more like that. They, they would be a feed, not a content library. People are not going to Instagram and searching for content and being given posts from two years ago um, on like a, a fitness image because that image is now dead. It's old. So you want to be moving on from that. Um, now to go back a little bit and talk about the video where I was uh, discussing um, how it is that I had watched the first like six minutes or eight minutes or whatever the case. It was uh, from Create and Go. So just uh, Google or YouTube that. I don't know who the gentleman is there, but uh, the video that I was watching was Is Blogging Dead? Um, does it really have to be the future in 2020 and beyond? Blah, 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 blah. And <clears throat> creating go, this gentleman here was talking about a, a lot of quality over quantity, uh, j just like what I'm discussing right now. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting, especially if you're a blogger, you know, you, you want to be paying attention to those things. And then that transitioned me over into talking about medium.com. Um, so Ev Williams, of Twitter is responsible for medium.com. Um, it's, it's a blogging site. It's, it's large and you might want to compare medium to YouTube, but for blogs. Um, so again, it's another one of these like search engine type things. I do feel that the conversation of, you know, um, feed and search is a little bit different on medium. It's not something that I discussed in the post, uh, that I'm creating for all of this. Um, However, Medium is very much about the longevity and a lot of what shows up in like recommended articles and things like that will be a mixture often of the subscriptions to people and publications that you have, things that are relative by tag or curation, um, but you can end up with a lot of posts that are six months old um, so long as they're, they're relevant. And I think a lot of what is going to make it relevant is obviously how many people in the first, you know, 24 hours or 24 days ended up reading that post, how many people have commented or seen it and how much competition there is for it. I think one of the big things on medium.com is that when there's very little competition in something, which there often is when it comes to niches, um, there's only one post really to offer. So there's a disproportionate effect. So thanks to, to Gary V for that word over the last few years, but there's disproportionate value to writing very targeted specific content on Medium. Um, so many people are writing about generic stuff on there that if you were to change a post from like, uh, you know, how to make money blogging on your website to how to make $300 in the first day selling dog toys to cat owners on a Wednesday, um, your post would immediately become something extremely, extremely, extremely much more coveted and recommended because of its specificity. I think that's how you say that word. But anyways, <clears throat> now, um, medium.com, uh, so I wrote here, their, their metered paywall system now awards read time over all else. And, and so this is just a case for quality over quantity where what used to happen is you were, you were paid through the paywall system, um, through the partnership program rather, sorry. 
um, by the amount of claps that you would receive. So the popularity of, uh, of a story that you would post on medium.com is what would really determine it. So people would clap. There were, there were you know, circle jerking clap systems and, and things like this. There were little pods of people and, and all your fans you know, on, on Facebook groups that every time that you would post something would come over and just clap the shit out of it. And, you know, people were able to kind of like gain the system, so to speak, and, and things like this. And claps are no longer relevant, basically, to what seems to be any of the algorithm almost um, when it comes to, to medium.com. So what you want to be doing is creating larger posts, longer posts, more information filled posts. Um, you still want to keep people on the platform and on the page. So you want to pay attention to the acronym top. And so, therefore, writing longer posts with more links to your own content, for example, if you really want to be linking out uh, to give additional information is probably the most important thing. And, you know, a single call to action at the end of your uh, at your at the end of your post would not be such a bad idea. Um, so regardless of how it's done, the longer that someone, you know, spends time on medium reading an article is going to be a good thing. And that's how authors get paid. Now, I produce content for medium.com, but do not put it behind the metered paywall. It is free. And the reason that I do this is to gain additional SEO um, because I know that pages get indexed and shown on Google. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people are not really paying attention to this. A lot of people are not talking about it. I do believe that there's disproportionate value in writing free content on Medium and uh, you know, not so much linking out as often to your own personal website and products and services and so on and so forth because if people are interested, they're going to Google it. They're, they're going to hit Control-T, open a new tab if they're on a desktop, and they're going to type in your business name or your, your personal name or whatever the case, and they're going to take whatever's at the, at the top of the page because they want to go to catsacademy.ca to see, learn, hear, buy, or sign up for something or whatever the case. Um, so so that's, uh, that's, that's one thing there when we're talking about like blogging and stuff there, medium.com. So your next question might be like, how do I create quality content? Um, like, like what makes it quality, obviously, because this is somewhat about, you know, perspective and, and things like this. And I think there's kind of like three parts that add to the whole uh, debate. And, and the first thing is going to be make sure that your stuff is either funny or informative. So anyone who spends any time on any social media site, any, any post, any website, et cetera, et cetera, is looking to get something out of that session. And normally they're looking for something that's comedy content or they're looking for a solution to the problem. Um, so just think about your own like browsing habits and things like this. When you get onto Instagram, you're not necessarily looking for a lot of like informative things. You're not sitting there looking to read heavily on et cetera, et cetera. What you're looking to do is just kind of like flip through the feed. So when it comes to Instagram feed, when you're when you're you know flipping through your stories, so many people just sit there with their phone and they're like flip, 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 flip. like they're they're tapping so fast. And if they happen to see in you know some imagery in the first split second caught almost by their subconscious uh they they go backwards and then, and then they go and they watch the story and they go a little bit slower and they'll tap slow 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 they'll try to get like a feel of it 
And if then it's interesting, then they might click on, you know, whatever profile this or whatever the case and, and kind of like go dig in a little bit more. Um, that's especially how like Izzy does it, for example. So she, you know, she's following so many, you know, fashion, you know, moguls and, and people talking about makeup and cosmetics and all kinds of things. And she gets onto her story and she's literally just tap, 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 tap. As she's passing through the stories at lightning speed, you know, she, she ends up kind of like slowing down and it goes from tap, 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 tap to more like tap, 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 because she's consuming that information, but like four to five times slower to let the brain process more information because she's seeing something that she's finding interesting. And if it's good enough that there's some curiosity there in it, you know, in, in this, in this comedy, in this entertainment, then she'll click over to a profile, she'll go, she'll dig around, she'll go through the feed, she'll check a couple of the comments, blah, blah, blah. And then she just basically taps back out of everything to her stories <clears throat> and then keeps going from there, tap, 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 until she finds the next one. Um, there's too much content being produced. And and so I, I think the, the thing is, is that when it comes to like in, in an Instagram story, it's more about the quality, but when you're building stuff that is either funny, like entertainment, or it's informative, especially on blogs and videos and podcasts, you, you want to take the time to nurture the relationship um, and provide something that is useful for the person. So a part of now, I know it sounds like what I'm saying is that that the quality on Instagram cannot happen and that it's all about quantity but what i'm saying is that quality on instagram kind of is quantity you know in in the sense that what you're looking for on instagram is to get your curiosity peaked about something and you need to have more chances because of how it is that you habitually are going through instagram producing an extremely high quality piece that has you know fantastic entertainment value or information is going to get skipped and therefore that means that that is not quality what is quality on an instagram story is quantity is consistency so that would be the first thing second thing is don't use bullshit headlines um listen it's it's again a little bit confusing because i think what a lot of people end up hearing is like don't use clickbait and that's not exactly what i'm saying i'm saying do use catchy titles, do use clickbaity type titles because no one in the history of time has ever bought a book, you know, not based on the cover. Like they, they see the cover, that's what attracts them. They're, they're searching for information, you know, especially more like digital and stuff. No one has ever clicked an article and read it online because the article was just a bunch of like, random numbers and mismatched words and then they clicked on it to go read about that they clicked on it because the title you know it, it spoke to them for for whatever reason it caught their attention your title has to draw people in however it is that you write it however the problem is that your the quality of your content is going to like to burn and crash if you're not actually providing content in the blog post, podcast, or video relative to the title. And that's what I mean about not using bullshit headlines. If you're going to say in there how to make $300 blogging, then you had better provide the information on how to make 300 bucks while blogging. You, you know, like that's, that's information that I'm looking for. If I don't have it in there, I'm clicking off the moment that I realized that that is not where this video was going. 
or I'm going to, you know, down thumb your, your video and then I'm going to leave. And that's probably even worse. So you want to make sure that you're providing the actual information. So if you, if you cannot deliver the content of your headline, don't use it. That's a bullshit headline. But if you can, if you can turn around and say, uh, you know, use this single method to make $300 in the next 24 hours while blogging on your personal website. And it's something, you know, ridiculous like that. And people click it and actually believe that you're giving them the information for this, then like, that's good. That's, that's quality content. You're, you're giving them exactly what it is that you said that you were giving them. And then the third thing is to help your audience stay on the page a little bit longer. So again, this just goes back to the acronym. Um, let them know what they're looking for. So one strategy that I've started doing is at the top of my blog posts and things like this, and you see it happening already in podcasts and on videos where, you know, people are saying in this video, we're going to discuss this. Hey guys, thanks for coming to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about this. We've interviewed this person. Here's what you can expect from this. And then the rest of the body after the intro is the actual content itself. It's, it's the body of the video, the body of the blog, the body of the podcast. So I've started doing that now with, with my uh, blogs. So every time I write an article at the, you know, I, I typically, I tend to write the article and then at the top I go, okay, you know, I'm going to rework my title to make sure that I'm providing the, the proper information that it, that it's a catchy title, maybe a little clickbaity, maybe a little bit, you know, too specific or whatever the case, but at least it's not a bullshit headline. When you click that headline and you get into the blog post, you know what? I, I want to foster a bit of a relationship. If you want to know what I'm going to be writing about without having to read the entire thing, getting pissed off halfway through and then disappearing, that's fine. So I'm going to tell you in this blog post, here's what I'm going to talk about, or here's what you can learn, or here's what you can expect to hear about, or whatever the case. Give them some direction, you know, and uh, don't put too many, uh, you know, call to actions everywhere. Don't try to push people off of the page. You want to keep them on there. You want to keep them on the platform. Ask people questions, you know, leave curiosity behind there. Organize the content, make it easy for people to read or listen to. And so, the you know, my, my third kind of like tag here would be, direct them, don't deflect them. Um, <clears throat> so then, you know, I've made a couple changes to me, to my uh, strategy. One being that, um, you know, as, as you're listening to this in my time in, in the past now, <laughs> while I'm creating this, um, I have not completed the blog post. I haven't completed the blog post because a change to the content strategy is that I want to provide more quality to the articles that I'm writing, so they're longer. And, and I'm taking a look at this one, and this article is a five-minute read. It's 7,200 characters, and, it, and it's quite large. You know, like I'm, I'm linking to things, and I'm showing you stuff. I'm bringing you primarily to YouTube videos and Google searches and things like this because I want Google to, uh, you know, use its algorithm to understand that I'm creating a session, so I'm sending you somewhere. And if you're going to spend a lot of time because of the quality content of the video that I'm linking on YouTube, um, then that's going to bode well for my website and so on and so forth. So I'm going to get a little bit more priority in the algorithm as far as having my post, um, you know, um, sorry, put up in the, in the search engine ranking. So back to, um, you know, changes to the strategy. Like I said, I, I want to create this really like high quality article. So 
I'm, I'm linking all this stuff and the information. I'm putting a lot of things in there. I'm talking about names so that, you know, you can create sessions and, and click those names and go to people's, you know, Twitter and, and YouTube and all kinds of things. And uh, I wanted to make a podcast and a video to which I embed in the posts. Um, the difficult thing is that, like, I tend to write at night. So what ends up happening is that a YouTube video is not really possible for the next, like, four hours because it's it's pitch black outside. Um, but a podcast is, is possible. So I've got my blog in front of me and I'm kind of like reading off of it and talking to you about, uh, you know, everything it is that I'm writing about. And I'm going to put this on anchor, which is going to push it over to Spotify. And I'm going to take that Spotify link or, or some way of embedding it directly onto the page. And, uh, that way, if you come here and you click the, the blog post and you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is really cool, but I want to know, you know, I want to hear like the audio version of it. Then you can just click that. And then all of a sudden you're on the podcast and I'm going to put that right here. So, all right, so let's get this conclusion in here. So as a new or old brand, um, quality over quantity makes sense. When you, when you're taking a look at the content, uh, that has a lifespan or can be given a lifespan than more than, you know, just a couple hours or a few days, it's definitely within your interest to put the effort into your work. So this would include anything from, uh, you know, Google or YouTube, like anything that's search engine related, you know, in, in terms of your content and you can create longevity in content, um, as, as you know, like by tweeting and linking things. So like, don't forget that you can create a little bit of lifespan on things, uh, by referencing your own material, by tweeting it, getting people to go back to it and things like this. And if they end up getting to, a, you know, a blog post or a video because you've tweeted it and they spend time there, then it shows that there's still relevancy in that content. Um, there's only going to be relevancy in the content if there's quality and there's only going to be quality if it's got enough information and so on and so forth and all the, the quality pieces that we had spoken about earlier, right? So, um, I would say reference your own work, link your own work, keep the acronym top happening as much as possible. Um, but a case for quantity over quality, you know, as we discussed, uh, a partial, uh, argument against quality would be uh, in speed feeds. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking I want to call them now. But in feeds, like uh, Instagram feed and, and stories, you know, people are scrolling way too fast and paying too little attention. And so in this case, it doesn't really matter how like long and effective your story is. You just simply need more slides to get those impressions and those views. And uh, visually, because they're not really going to hear anything, you know, and they're not really going to process too much of the imagery as they're flipping through. They just need to see something that they like. So whether it's a burger or an attractive girl or uh, a dude with nice forearms or a nice hairstyle you know, or something like that. Like that, that's what you're there for on Instagram for, um, to see pictures of books on Instagram. There's, there's going to be very few people that end up paying attention to that. Right. Um, so that's the, that's a part of uh, quality over quantity as far as the Instagram, you know, story post is concerned. Um, but I think that the, the majority of what is going to work there is going to be quantity. You just want to have more iterations, more chances of people seeing something and, um, you know, post a thing that they want to see, and then they're going to kind of dig in and, and click in a little bit more to get more info. Um, maybe at that point, I suppose, now that I think about it, you know, like once they click into your profile and things like your, your feed, it needs to have more quality content. It needs to be relative to your story, for example. 
Um, you, you might want to make sure they have longer captions because people, if they're there, they're looking for additional information. And if you're not using the carousels to provide additional information, when they when they click an image from your feed, from your profile, after having gotten there from your stories, um, they want to see what comments are there. So they want to see interactions from other people. That's what's going to determine quality of your, your feed, of your post. Um, maybe having a long, longer caption and more information in there because it's just a single image. It's really hard to get, you know, like I know it's worth a thousand words or whatever they say, but like it's really hard uh, for a brand to say much through an image when there's nothing else supporting it. And there's, there's no community, there's no, you know, commentary or anything, right? So you, just seeing a bunch of attractive pictures of, of shirts or whatever the case is not going to be enough to get someone to follow you or really pay attention unless they think that you're, you know, maybe selling them something with a discount. Maybe they're exclusive. Maybe, it, you know, there's a trick behind why it is that you've got this account, you know, created about shirts and so on and so forth. Like there's got to be something there, right? But... Um, so that's it. So this, this is my 30 minute episode on, uh, the, the cases that I've developed in the, in the last few hours in my head, uh, about providing quality over quantity when it comes, uh, to posting content online and, and building your brand awareness, building your brand in general and using social media for, uh, exposure and marketing. Hope you enjoyed it. So I hope I provided you guys with the uh, information that you were looking for. If you did stick around for the last 30 minutes, I, I mean, geez, congratulations. Uh, looks like I'm not doing too bad for creating that uh, quality over quantity. Uh, now, listen, uh, here, here's my call to action. Um, I am creating Cads Academy to be a community-based learning platform uh, online. So if you head over to cadsacademy.ca, what you're going to end up seeing is obviously the blog posts. If you're not already there, you're going to see the blog posts and uh, the forums. Now, the forums, you need a membership. It's free. You can sign in with uh, Facebook, Google, or your email. It's extremely easy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just one regular guy trying to create an environment where people are learning. So I'm going to be putting courses, programs, and uh, challenges and different things on here in order to help people grow their brands and their businesses, to, to publish and sell books, to do all kinds of different things, take a look at their, their health and fitness. Like I'm, I'm really trying to focus a lot on personal development and brand building, business building, and things like this, entrepreneurial tendencies. So please uh, head over to casacademy.ca and sign up to the forums. If you're not interested or willing to do that, at least follow me on one of the social medias so that we can stay in contact. Um, I'm very active on Twitter for people that want to have a conversation, dig in a little bit more and learn about some things. And uh, I take constructive criticism uh, very well. So if you want to let me know what's been good or bad about these uh, you know, podcast sessions or anything that I'm producing, go ahead and let me know.